Welcome to Mary's Cup of Tea, the self-love podcast for women. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski, an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that will inspire you to love yourself. Hello, self-lover. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure you know about my two books on self-love. If you're struggling with body image or self-acceptance, then I highly recommend you check out my first book, The Gift of Self-Love. It's a comprehensive workbook to help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to love who you are. Thousands of people have this book and the five-star reviews are so amazing. They give me so much life. So I hope that this is something that can help you too. You can get it wherever books are sold by searching for The Gift of Self-Love or go to my website, maryscupoftea.com slash book. After releasing The Gift of Self-Love and reading all your positive feedback, I realized that we really needed something to keep us going every single day. So not a deep dive workbook, but maybe like a micro dose of self-love in your daily life, which is why I wrote 100 Days of Self-Love. It's a guided journal with, you guessed it, 100 prompts that cover so many areas of life, including body, identity, purpose, emotions, mindset, relationships, and more. So you can really think of it as a metaphor multivitamin, something to keep you going, or as I like to say, growing on your self-love journey. You can get this journal wherever books are sold as well by searching for 100 Days of Self-Love or go to maryscupoftea.com slash journal. It's my mission to share all the self-love tea with you, so I hope that both my books and this podcast can do just that. The most underrated emotion as determined by me, not like psychologists or anything like that, but just something that I find very valuable yet seldom tapped into by people. And when I do see it, I just think it's contagious and beautiful and something that I want to have more of. Now, this is an idea that I've been sitting with actually for years, but I haven't really made a podcast episode about it because I didn't want it to be like tone deaf or for anyone to feel bad if they couldn't feel this emotion because obviously mental health is complex and nuanced. And sometimes if we're in a dark place, it can be difficult to feel certain positive emotions. So hopefully this episode doesn't come across that way, but rather more as an invitation and with some tools to help you tap into this particular type of joy. And this particular type of joy, an emotion that I find highly underrated, is enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, first of all, is so hot and yummy to see and experience in other people, but it can also be hot and yummy to experience within yourself. I recently got inspired by Love on the Spectrum. I don't know if you're watching that show, but please go watch it if you're not. I don't remember exactly what the context was, but basically there was this one scene where the main character, like one of the people on the spectrum who's trying to find love, they were talking with somebody and they were like, oh my gosh, you don't look your age, whatever that age was. I don't know. And I'm not trying to buy into like anti-aging culture in this way, but I'm pretty sure it was Danny. in case you're watching the show. She said something along the lines of like, I think it's because people on the spectrum are so unapologetic about their passions and oftentimes their passions are like quite childlike in nature. So for example, Danny loves 
Animan animation and Hello Kitty. And she says, that's the kind of things that keep you young. So again, I'm not here to be like, you have to be young, stay young and look young, but more so what is it that can keep that lively, youthful energy within you? And that lively, youthful energy is inherent in enthusiasm. Wikipedia says that enthusiasm refers to intense enjoyment, interest, or approval expressed by a person. And the term is often related to playfulness, inventiveness, optimism, zest, verve, and high energy. The word was originally used to refer to a person possessed by God or someone who exhibited intense piety. What does that mean to me is that enthusiasm is almost like spiritual. It's like this otherworldly emotion that when you're tapped into, you're like on a higher frequency. I think a lot of times when we think of spiritual things and, you know, being emotionally intelligent and vibrating higher, as a lot of toxic positivity messages will tell us, it's almost about this like sophistication and arrogance. And I'm like too cool for school and nothing pisses me off because I'm just like inner peace and Zen like Buddha. And to me, spirituality is the exact opposite. It's feeling all those human emotions, the entire spectrum of them, maybe not always identifying with them like very strongly. And yes, of course, letting them pass and practicing mindfulness, but still enjoying this human experience and all it has to offer. So enthusiasm to me is like the opposite of this too cool for school mindset that unfortunately for much of my life, I fell victim to. But if there's anything I could change about teen Mary is that I wish that I was allowed to be more enthusiastic about the things I liked. And I wish I actually had permission to like more childlike things. So not necessarily trying to grow up too fast or always thinking about my future and being mature in that way. I wish that somebody told me to be a kid, but I also know that it's never too late to be a kid. And if you can embody enthusiasm as an adult, you'll never lose that childlike joy within you. And that's a big part of self-love. You're like authentic. You're not afraid to show how you actually feel about something. You're doing the things you love. And just like Danny said, you're unapologetic about what you like, no matter how trivial or fluffy it might seem to someone else. I was trying to find more definitions and actually just more like thoughts on enthusiasm in general. And there's not much out there on the internet, which again is why I'm calling this the most underrated emotion. But I do have this cool emotion thesaurus and I got it just to like help me express myself better on the podcast. And I find that when you have a greater vocabulary and more words to accurately express how you're feeling, you also find better ways to feel, if that makes any sense. So it's like, instead of just being happy or sad, there's so much more in between that is more enriching. Finding words to express how I feel is like a big part of romanticizing my life. So I got this emotion thesaurus, not because I'm trying to write 
a novel with very enriching characters, but more so because I'm trying to be the main character in my own life novel, and words help me do that. So sadly, in this emotion thesaurus, there was not an index for enthusiasm, but there is one for excitement, which I think is a close synonym. And I want to read to you some of the traits that this emotion thesaurus sees as connected to excitement. So they write physical signs and behaviors, a wide grin, eyes that sparkle and gleam, bouncing from foot to foot, squealing, hooting, yelling, laughing, telling jokes. Telling jokes is an interesting one because I don't find myself a particularly funny person, but I like myself the most when I am cracking jokes, even if nobody's really laughing at them. It's a practice of mindfulness to be a little bit more comedic and lighthearted. And I don't know how you feel about Jerry Seinfeld, his comedy, or him as a person. Truthfully, he was like before my generation, so I don't know much about him. But I was listening to like a short YouTube interview with him and somebody was like, okay, what's the key to comedy? And he's like, pay attention. If you pay attention, everything is really funny. (laughs) And I was pretty inspired by that because similar to enthusiasm, it's this deep presence and deep mindfulness and just being there and observant. So telling jokes, singing, humming, or chanting, verbalizing thoughts and feelings without hesitation, acting hyper, immature, or foolish out of a sense of fun, hugging others, grabbing onto someone's arm and holding it. Oh my God, I love doing that. You know when you just like hug somebody's arm? Throaty laughter, getting the giggles, friendly demands like, tell me, show me, let's go, making eye contact with others, showing confidence, displaying affection with friends or loved ones. And then they also describe mental responses of excitement. So it's camaraderie, camaraderie, camaraderie. Why can't I pronounce that word? Camaraderie, camaraderie. I think it's camaraderie. (laughs) Camaraderie with others imagining what could happen. So to me, this is like being in the sense of possibility, enjoyment of the communal energy, being agreeable to ideas and suggestions that align with the energy one feels. And then they have this section that says signs that this emotion is being suppressed. So in case you're struggling with feeling enthusiastic, here are some warning flags. If you're trying to control your movement with some intent, so I think this kind of goes back to that too cool for school attitude of being just like very calculated and meticulous. And obviously that's a sign of insecurity and anxiety because you're just evaluating yourself through this like objective kind of male gazy lens instead of being like embodied through your own first-person perspective. Biting down on a smile, swallowing a laugh or a shout of glee, smoothing down clothes as a way of releasing one's energy. So anytime you're like touching your hair or picking at your clothes, it's kind of a sign of discomfort and trying to hide. Nodding rather than speaking. So again, it's like biting your tongue and not fully being able to express yourself. And then they write that associated power verbs. I love these. So I'm just going to list them off rapid fire. Bounce, bubble, build, buzz, drum, fill, glow, grip, gyrate. I don't know what that means, but 
Cool. Intensify, jiggle, jump, laugh, leap, mount, pound, pump, quicken, quiver, race, squeal, stir, suppress, surge, swell, tingle, tremble, vibrate, whirl, whoop, and yell. And then it says here, because this is a book for writers, it says writer's tip. If you're stuck on how to show an emotion, form a strong image of the scene in your mind. Let the scene unfold and watch the characters see how they move and behave. So if we are main characters in our own novels, I want you to think back to the last time you felt enthusiastic about something, that sense of childlike joy that, again, is almost a little bit spiritual and otherworldly because you're just so deep in that excitement. You're not even really thinking about how it's perceived. You're just letting yourself be really fucking happy. So when was the last time you felt that way? For me, truly, it was just yesterday. I recently picked up pickleball. I'm in the pickle cult. And yesterday there was this moment where I was just getting shots that I've never been able to get before. And I wasn't like afraid of the ball coming at me. It's like my reflexes were kicking in. And then what I like about you was playing on somebody's, I was going to say boombox, but it's not a boombox, speaker. <laughs> and we were just like singing and dancing and laughing and in that moment, I remember thinking like, wow, I'm just really happy to be playing pickleball for hours with people who understand how fun it is. Like it was a moment of glee. And I'm wondering if you've had that moment recently or if you can recall a time not so recently that you felt that way. And maybe it's as far back to when you were a kid. Like what was it that really made you feel enthusiasm? Generally, it'll be related to some sort of hobby or passion. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good, I would add it to my self-love playlist. And now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist. And these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. If you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. And the reason why I think enthusiasm is different than passion and why it's been on my mind so much as of late is because, as I've talked about extensively on this podcast, I've been feeling pretty lost in the direction that I'm headed career-wise. And I think common rhetoric around feeling lost and like finding yourself in your 20s, everybody's like, you got to find your passion. And I think passion, as we use it today, this colloquial undercurrent behind that word is that passion has to be somehow long-term, right? Like you have to find a passion and then stick with it for life. Whereas enthusiasm, to me, it can be short-lived and still be powerful, which is why 
even if you're in a dark place mentally, I really hope this comes across the way I intended to. Even if you're struggling with, say, like depression or anxiety or just like what I'm dealing with is not knowing where I'm headed next and feeling all sorts of unsettling ways about that. Luckily, enthusiasm is something that is accessible because it's just a moment passing in time, meaning I'm not putting this unnecessary pressure on myself to always feel enthusiastic all the time. Instead, I just invite you to channel more enthusiasm in just these split seconds, in just little moments, in just tiny, tiny acts of childlike joy. So that's kind of my difference between passion and enthusiasm. Another thing that I freaking love about enthusiasm is that I think it's a pretty feminist act in a world that values activities traditionally attributed to men. Being a woman who embraces pleasures, not guilty pleasures, but just pleasures without the guilt, I think that's kind of revolutionary. Think about hobbies that are girl-coded, right? Things like pop music. Pop music is notorious for being criticized as bad or frivolous or not real music. But then simultaneously, rock music is like all hail rock music, best thing ever, amazing art. And that's because more men historically have like gravitated toward rock music and more women historically have gravitated toward pop music. So we're always being like written off and brushed off for liking the things we like or like sports. This one drives me bananas. I know times have changed and I know we've come far, but sports are taken way more seriously than say the arts. Sports are funded so much more generously than the arts. And that's because things like dance and theater and music are traditionally attributed to like women's things, or at least they're disproportionately more girls doing the arts versus sports. They were traditionally boys things. Even when I went to high school not that long ago, the cheerleaders had to have their practice at 4 a.m., four o'clock in the morning. Do you know how unhealthy that is for a teenage body to be waking up so early, sacrificing sleep, doing these early practices in the dark? And why? Because football was after school. So they had to show up to football and football games. And we, not we, the girls, the cheerleaders, I say we because my best friend was a cheerleader and this used to make me so mad. She had to mold her entire life around boys football. Like, why? It's just terrible. And cheer, again, like even what it's called in the word cheerleading is not as much respect as like football. And do we have a Super Bowl for cheerleaders? Not really. It's like the cheerleaders are there on the sides of the football game. So again, like women's things have traditionally been not taken as seriously. So we have to take our own hobby seriously. And that's why I think enthusiasm, especially for women, is so important. We need it to revive our feminist spirit. What's cool about enthusiasm also is that it's almost this like dorky, excited little cousin of curiosity. So you can be curious about something in a low-key way. You can start researching it, learning about it. But as soon as you allow yourself to get excited about the possibilities, kind of like the emotion thesaurus told us, then you enter this realm of enthusiasm. 
And one last thing that's really cool about enthusiasm before I get to how to channel enthusiasm in your daily life, enthusiasm is also this kind of positive feedback loop. So when I'm watching Love on the Spectrum and one of the characters is really excited about Comic-Con, suddenly I'm excited about Comic-Con. Do I know anything about Comic-Con? No. Do I cosplay? (laughs) No. Do I think it's a little like just unfamiliar and strange to me? Yeah. But guess what? I am so excited for Danny to go to Comic-Con on her first date. Like I'm thrilled about it because her enthusiasm for it is contagious. And that creates a positive feedback loop in the other direction, meaning if you're excited about it, about something, and you're unapologetic about that which you're excited about, other people usually have no choice but to, at the very least, find your enthusiasm endearing. And it can further reinforce this kind of joy. And if somebody doesn't understand your joy for whatever it is, that thing that you like, then that is their loss. Again, a very underrated emotion is enthusiasm. So if somebody's too cool for school to experience it with you, 100% on them, not your problem. Now let's talk about how to elicit more enthusiasm in your life, both within yourself and in your conversations with other people. One of the things I kind of alluded to is being able to express and talk about the things you enjoy. And the characters in Love on the Spectrum, I don't know if this is related to autism or not, but I noticed that these characters are very willing and deliberate in the way that they express themselves. So to me, that looks like enunciating your words, completing your sentence, not starting or ending things with, well, yeah, I don't know. So I kind of like pickleball. It's cool. Yeah. I don't know if that's weird. Does that make sense? As opposed to, I love pickleball. Like, do you just hear it in my voice? Three words, enunciated, period, at the end of a sentence. I just appreciate that kind of communication in general. And now that I'm talking about it with you, I'm realizing that I appreciate that kind of communication because it shows that the other person is present with you. They're thinking about what they're saying. They want you to understand them. And they have this like confidence in what they're saying. And a lot of those traits are pretty similar to those traits that we talked about as they relate to enthusiasm as an emotion. So I think that's why I like crystal clear communicators because they inherently show enthusiasm. And again, it's a positive feedback loop. So you don't have to get it perfectly right the first time, but when you practice it, then you're going to kind of get on this roll. And right, as soon as I say, I love pickleball, suddenly I'm excited to tell you all the things I love about pickleball. Whereas my first example where I was mumbling and stuttering over my words and backtracking and using all these different linguistic tools that we have at our disposal to kind of discredit everything we just said, which again, is often what a lot of women do in the way they communicate because we've been so conditioned to always placate other people's emotions and be highly attuned to somebody else's response as opposed to our own feelings. That's a conversation for another day. Okay, focus Fox. Number two, do the things you like to do as a kid. Enthusiasm involves this childlike joy. So digging in the dirt, right? We love to play with in sandboxes. I absolutely love having my hands with no gloves on 
in the dirt. I love when the dirt gets in my fingernails. I love how it feels. It's so cool to the touch. It makes me feel so grounded and connected and alive. You can also take up painting or pottery. I mean, this is something that's very low cost, especially painting. You can just start that on your own and you can kind of couple it with something you're already doing, like watching TV or listening to a podcast. Maybe you want to pull out your watercolors while you listen to Mary's cup of tea. Playing on the playground, there's also some cool outdoor gyms available in some areas in case you might find that being an adult playing on a kid's playground is a little weird on many levels. You can also do something like watching a nostalgic TV show for me, That's So Raven, or listen to an old album you used to love, Hilary Duff, 100%. I will fight anybody who says that Hilary Duff was not the prime pop star of our time. Take your own hobby seriously. And I don't mean seriously, like put a lot of pressure on yourself to get really good at it or become a professional and strip it of its joy. But I mean seriously, like commit the time and fit it into your budget and keep the promises that you made to yourself to go. One of the areas where I'm struggling with this is I keep telling myself I'm going to go back to dance class. And I've done some dance classes intermittently. But for some reason, I just like can't be consistent. It's a little far. It's a little expensive. And every Friday, which is actually right now for me as I'm recording this, something always comes up and I talk myself out of going to that musical theater jazz class that I really like. But I hope that I can encourage both of us to take our hobbies seriously and I don't know if you have a partner or a family being like, no, I need these two hours to do this thing I love just for the sake of pure joy for no productive or monetary or personal growth benefit, but just because I want to do this thing for the sake of itself. Don't be the one that writes yourself off as frivolous or unworthy of feeling enthusiasm. And lastly, develop this kind of intimate relationship with that which you love. So yes, that means romanticizing it and also keeping it private for you. Like if somebody doesn't approve or share your level of enthusiasm for whatever you're passionate about, like that's their loss. That's okay. Let it be yours. Let it be a gift that whoever doesn't share this passion with you because then it can be yours and yours alone. Somebody in my yoga class was like, oh, I want to play pickleball, but I don't have anybody to go with. Just go by yourself. Just show up. You know where you find people to play pickleball with? At pickleball. You know where you find people to do cool things with? When you go and do those cool things and then you meet those cool people who are also doing those cool things. Perhaps it's a good thing to be enthusiastic about something that others find boring. Let them miss out, but don't let that diminish your joy. And lastly, 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 before we wrap up, keep in mind that enthusiasm doesn't have to be loud or flamboyant or outgoing. You can be introverted and still have a sense of quiet enthusiasm. It's just about what lights you up. And I want to know what brings out enthusiasm in you. 
on Spotify, there's actually a way to ask listeners questions. So I'm going to post this as a question. And if you could respond to it, that would be really fun for me to see what brings enthusiasm out in you. And if you're not listening on Spotify, feel free to screenshot this episode, share on social media, tag me. I really like for this podcast to be a conversation. So hopefully I can see if this resonated with you at all, or if I'm the only one that's enthusiastic about being enthusiastic, which I'm okay with as well. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Toodaloo! One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.